The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. We out of the weekend. You already know what it is. Beyond the Fairway Podcast, your man Dougie Fresh. Will, what's cracking, man? Look at this guy. Just all oh, just perfect. Your internet's fixed. Everything's remedied. What's happening? <laughs> what? No. It, it's fixed. No, I'm just I kidding. I was going to be joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's fixed right now, but right now we have it working. Kind of. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, keep my mouth shut so we can move forward with this segment. So I'm going mute. <laughs> I just want to know when they're going to give us a studio. Can we get out of the COVID protocols? Can we get a studio? I want the lights of the camera dude walking behind us. Anyway, that's wishful, that's, wishful that's, thinking. That's uh, that's the thought from a brother from another. I don't know if that joke landed. That joke <laughs> no, it's not. It'll hit in like three, two. <laughs> that was jokes. That you was good. No, that was good. <laughs> hey, well, it's good to see you, man. Hey, Mike Phillips coming in here. Mike Phillips is, man, that's the homie, man. We had a chance to hang out with him at the Ryder Cup. He was in and out like a robbery, but coming back in here to go beyond the fairway with us. So you got to stay tuned for that. But, Will, did you see this performance, though, uh, from Sam Burns over the weekend at, hell, I don't even know what tournament it was. What tournament did they just play? The one that he hey, won. Doug, that's what I'm talking um, about. I, I did not see his performance this weekend. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Well, I did see it, and he drove That's the good. ball like a maniac on the back nine on Sunday. He came down. He had a two-shot lead, bogey the last hole, got it done. I was actually rooting for Sahith Thagala, the other brown person that's on the tour. Pretty excited to see him, Pepperdine Wave, uh, stand out from two years ago. That boy went to the Corn... Didn't even have status six months ago. Went to Corn Ferry and Sanderson Farms. That's what I'm talking about. Hello, brain. Way to wake up. That boy went from no status six months ago... To top 10 and on the PGA Tour, man, and like I said, never know if a week can change your life. But Sahith Thagala, man, he's going to play some good. He's going he gonna to be around for a little bit, man. I'm, I'm excited. Doug, thank you for that information. <laughs> your internet that bad today? <laughs> yes. I don't even know how to respond to you right now in this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey Doug, Doug. Oh speaking of God. driving the ball, did you see uh, the performance that Bryson DeChambeau put on in the long drive competition? Hell no, I didn't see no damn long drive. I didn't even know it was still a sport. Well, it made a comeback this weekend. I did see some comments that like people were thanking Bryson for helping us stay relevant. I did see that, like you know, some of the players in the field. I were, mean, it, like it, thank it you, Bryson, talk- for. 
it was a talk of my multiple group chats that I'm a part of in my iPhone. So I it, it made it relevant this weekend. So I'm happy yeah. about that. I'm happy that your internet's working. Let's just let's start there. Let's we got to celebrate the small things. You dig what I'm talking about? Yes. Hey, y'all, without further ado, with Will Internet going, I don't know what he's doing over there on this morning, but let's get into it. Mike Phillips coming in here going beyond the fairway right here at Golf Channel NBC. Mike, tell me something, man. Mike Phillips, beyond the fairway, Dougie Fresh, Will Lowry, you know we in here. Saxophone legend, man. How did you even, let's talk about the horn first. How did you discover the sax, Mike, and, and why alto? Well, well, let me tell you. Um, a, a man by the name of Dr. Steinberger. That sounds like some dude out of like a horror film. He came yeah. into the classroom. Does. I was I was he working. Had, he, he had orthopedic. He had orthopedic boots. Nah, but he had <laughs> he had a wig. <laughs> he, they, all right. he had, they had the straight comb over. The comb over was real. So Dr. Steinberger comes in. <laughs> I'm doing a math problem. He says, we're signing up people for a band. And I just heard signing up people and the opportunities for me to leave class. And I was like, cool. I know nothing about instruments. So I go sign up and I wanted, I said, I want the sax, but I thought the sax was the trombone. So I actually, I actually get a sax and I'm like, I don't want that. I want the joint that goes like this. We ran out and I was pissed that... <laughs> That I even got this daggone instrument. And then now to go from there to have worked with Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, and Prince, which I kind of like consider the Mount Rushmore of right. of um, contemporary music off of an instrument that you shunned. Like, I, it, life is amazing, man. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so it's funny. You know, I was an athlete, right? And I used to get so I used to get so much mad. I used to get mad at the guys who were in the band because they get they got all the girls. Like they got all the girls. And and the thing about it is, I used to get so jealous when I saw all the band in the lunchroom. <laughs> I was like, man, I want I want to be like those guys in the lunchroom. Like I want to be a saxophonist. I played viola coming up as a. As um, a pause. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I play. Nobody knew I played viola. I play viola. Wow. Okay. Viola, viola is one of those instruments. Either you gonna go to the violin or the cello. Like viola is right in the middle, and it was like it's right in the middle. It, 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 that speaks to my life. Right in the middle. <laughs> Yo. So so yeah. Music and and for me, I played baseball, basketball, football. Football was interesting because even when I played um, JV. I um, went ahead and still played band in the varsity games. And then when I got moved up to varsity, I played sax with my football uniform on. See, I feel like you could get roasted like that, though, Mike. You didn't get roasted right. back then, or were you the cool cat? You must have been popular in high school to be able to pull was, that shit off, man. I was popular, but also the talent. I can catch the ball, but I can also play a horn. So I was, I had, like, a special exemption. I was... <laughs> I so appreciate so you putting that in so golf you, terms. So you, hey, so you in the middle, so you in the middle of football field playing the sax with your helmet on? Yeah, uh, yeah, basically, <laughs> like seriously, like it was wild. <laughs> <laughs> Marching with pads on and everything, like what's up, yo? I, I can't miss out on this halftime show. 
we losing we losing by 40 points anyway i don't need me to pay attention. all right i'm cool i'm gonna go ahead and play this horn and hit my marks we get we're blown we getting blown out i'd rather be with the band anyway uh, they're, in this school the band is cooler than the athletes oh right yeah and we were we were in the tough um mount vernon it was in the tough thing because you know ray rice you know, he was rocking with um, New Rochelle. So New Rochelle, Suffern, had the big boys. Mount Vernon was playing football just for activity. Anyway, <laughs> he wasn't really serious about playing football. <laughs> it, was for, it was just for cardio. Yeah, let me just go out here and play for this band. Shout out to Dennis Moorhead. I caught you behind the bus putting dirt on your uniform when you ain't play. So if, if I'm going to forward this to you. I caught you behind the bus. I'm never going to live in uniform wow. white, white. So I caught him behind the bus, taking mad mud and going like this. <laughs> Come on, man. Man, Dennis, Dennis Moorhead, I still remember. I, I ain't going to let it go. Anyway, I'm behind the fairway. No, man, what, that, that's too funny, what, man. What, that what, is too what, funny. Obviously, obviously, Dennis didn't take the route that you took. I mean, give us some, some Michael Jackson print stories like i i've been dying to hear oh like, man so something so the, print, something. So, so the print story here we go um was prince was prince a golfer i don't think he would ever want to play golf I, he was God. just but if he was a golfer the fact that he was so meticulous mm, for instance for every two weeks he'll bring us up to the um bring up to bring us up to the room and he'll give us all yellow pieces of paper and write down all of the notes. He'll be like, I got to use my Prince voice anytime I talk like Prince. So <laughs> I got to look. Usually, usually Prince don't blink. So please let me just do this right now. I, Michael, you missed your mark and you missed a couple of notes. Sound man, you didn't put reverb on my horn. Um, dancers, the choreography was not up to par. So he Prince would go through all of these things and then we'd have to fix it on the next show. So I would think that if he did play golf, he would be so meticulous about setup, um, um, lie angle. He, he, he took his music seriously and say if I had a pocket square and it wasn't symmetrical, he would come over to me and be like, Hey, I'm, can, it's crooked. Can you please fix that? Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. So Prince will be, I think Prince will, will be shooting in the 60s easily because of his <laughs> because of his meticulous mindset to make sure that everything was right. Hey, Mike, I heard a story um, that you got caught on camera. The Prince would put y'all on camera and ask you questions and then show you the playback of you answering the question wrong. Any uh, instances where uh, you got caught? Oh man, yo, this was crazy, yo. So he wouldn't um tell us, okay guys, on the dan on the song that everybody's gonna dance, please get the prettiest girls possible. And then bring them up on stage. So I'm like, okay, cool. So me, Trevor, and a couple other musicians, we'll find the prettiest women and we'll give them the pass and be like, Oh, so come up on this song. So Prince again in these meetings, he would be like, Hey guys. Are you fraternizing with anybody and getting phone numbers? I'm like, nah, we ain't doing that. <laughs> cool. So, so, so next two weeks, guys, 
are you fraternizing with any of the women and getting numbers and inviting them to the parties? Prince, man, I told you, man, no, no, no. So then third time he goes over all the parts. Um, Michael, you need to do this in your solo. Candy, you do this. And then, by the way, I just want to ask again, are you guys fraternizing with any of the women that we are bringing on stage? I said, nah, man. He said, Scotty, hand over the DVD. So Scotty comes with the case, and he puts in the code, and a DVD pops up, and then he throws it in. And he had a camera crew follow us and did edited versions of us. So the joint said, Mike Phillips getting numbers. And here I am. So they, and then and then and then all of a sudden it will fade out and then be a me in a whole different color suit. So, <laughs> so princess guys, are you getting numbers now? I said, man, I guess we was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, hey Mike, who who was more in in their art in their art from Michael to Prince? Who was more meticulous in their art? Who was more of a it's so hard. I know I get that question all the time. Um, I asked Quincy Jones, I said, what was it making um, Thriller? And he said it, it was like painting a 747 with a toothpick. Ooh. So you talk about, so whenever you listen to Thriller, just understand that everything that you hear, the mixing, the mm. uh, parts, with Greg Philogane's, um, everybody playing. That joint was meticulous, and Michael was at the head of that. So where Michael gets knocked is the fact that, okay, he wasn't a musician. We didn't see him playing the instrument, but he was musical. I, one time, um, John Clark, John Clark, the guitar player, Michael's like, you're playing the wrong parts. <laughs> is that Mike? Yeah. <laughs> you're playing the wrong parts. And and he was like, I, I'm not playing. Yes, you are. And you know what? If I hear guitars wrong, I can't dance. And if I can't dance, there's no show. He's right. I mean, oh, Mike, oh, Mike was moving. Right. Yeah, he was moving. So what I realized is rhythm guitar. If you go back to the history of the Nicholas Brothers dancing, and even James Brown, when you hear rhythm guitar, is almost like a correlation to your feet. That's why people mm -hmm. dance all the time when you hear Nile Rodgers. Nile Rodgers, one of the most iconic mm -hmm. rhythmic guitar players. So rhythm guitar, it's correlated with people's feet. So when you hear Daft Punk with um, Nile Rodgers playing or any chic, all those old school joints, that rhythm mm -hmm. guitar, that makes people dance. So then I realized, yo, Mike was right. Mike, like, if you ain't playing that guitar right, he ain't going to be able to bust out his moves because those moves are correlated mm. with the rhythm guitar. The so rhythm. Mm. so put it this way. We always use genius as this one global term. Stevie had the ability to see things through his perception, write about it, and, and, and have it come out in a beautiful, melodic, and harmonic way. That was his genius. The prince, he just knew everything. He'll get up and play your own instrument. Um, yeah, he could. He could play everybody, every instrument, right, Prince? Yeah, yeah, man. He it, Prince will get up and play bass. 
um, he'll play guitar, turn around. I was scared to give him my horn because he probably would have played that and sent me home. <laughs> and then, and then Michael was kind of like Cirque du Soleil before Cirque du Soleil existed. He was about the big visionary picture. So he was musical internally, but his vision and his his ability to see was crazy. And Prince didn't play when it came to music. Um, mm. I was his music director for his Vegas shows. So Prince would tell me, yo, I need these jam sessions. I need them hot. And then when it's burning, you please call me to come down and then I'll take it from there. So funny story. One day um, they asked me, yo, I, they got this nice saxophone player. Can he sit in? I was like, yeah, you know, I'm nice. I want the dude to sit in. He gets some shine. All of a sudden he's playing, but he don't sound good. And all of a sudden I turn around. I said, let me call Prince and tell him not to come down because it, it ain't cracking yet. I turned around and Prince was in the corner and he was looking at me like. Oh, man. I said, this dude, why would you come downstairs this time? So all of a sudden I'm going to the sax player telling him to stop because Prince ain't feeling him. And Prince moved quick. So all of a sudden Prince had him in the corner before I can get to him. Damn. So I said, yo, man, what did Prince tell you? He said, yo, he gave me $200 to stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> so my thing is where the money come from because Prince got nothing but, like, tights. He ain't got no pockets. Where you pull out a, a, a some straight cash $200 and you got on a blouse and some... <laughs> and some heels on. Tights. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Mike, I gotta understand something though, because you—you you, I mean you—you've you, been around probably arguably the best musicians of our time, some of the best actors of our time. How how did you even get in the game of golf? Um, Michael, or, or were you part? Will was he part of that Negro Renaissance in '97? That's the question I have. Uh, nah, I didn't make that Renaissance, but I will tell you one thing, uh, Michael. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, T Tiger Woods. He, he was at Sports at the Early in Atlanta. <laughs> Yo, so I, I just signed the brand Jordan as the first ever non-athlete. I wouldn't call it non-athlete, just say musician. So I'm with Michael during his early days when he was starting out his golf tournament. So I'm there, and I'm only the music, never touched the club yet, and I'm playing. And Michael comes up to me and is like, man, you kill that horn, but can you do something from the beginning that you can learn from scrap and be great, can learn from scratch and be great at it? Right. And, you know, Michael challenged me and I was like, man, I don't want nothing to do with no golf. So Greg Nard, who was working with Tiger at the time, was ear hustling. And Greg sent me some clubs off of a conversation I had with Michael. Oh, I gave yeah, those, I, yeah, I gave those clubs away. I gave it to my boy Ed. I was like, I ain't playing no golf. Thank you, Greg, but whatever. <laughs> so oh, your first set you gifted. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I gave it. Look, they came, the clubs was in the plastic. I told my boys to come here and pick it up because I even though 
Michael challenged me and Greg sent the clubs. I ain't want to play golf. So one day I'm going to the airport and my boy said, let's go to the range. I was like, I don't want to do this. I hit one ball probably like 50 yards straight and everything was all over the place. And I loved it so much. I asked for my clubs back. I took yeah. my <laughs> I playing. I you Indian giving MF. How you gonna take away the club? Hey, hey, cuz, let me get them back, man. I hit, I hit a fifty-yard straight shot. Let me get. Yeah, that. I need them back right now. And that's how I started playing, man. It was crazy. I took, I took all them joints back. He said, "You want the putter too?" I said, "Absolutely, everything." So, so where have some of the golf courses you've been? You know, on this ride of, of, of being a musician, traveling all over the world, playing in front of big crowds. Where have some? Where have that taken you as far from a golf course standpoint? Like any any scenic spots that you that you've grown to love over the years? Oh man, I love Cabo. I love Cabo. Cubera. Um, you have yeah. an event at Cabo coming up pretty soon, right? Yeah. Well, that's why it's there. Hell, that's why he wanted to have it in Cabo. It's a spot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like so, from no, no, November fourth through the eighth, I'm doing a jazz festival, Life Lux Jazz Festival, and the first. Um, the inaugural um, Mike Phillips Los Cabos Cup. So Cabo is absolutely beautiful because I can rest my head. You know how we dive into our jobs and we just mm-hmm. need to get away. Cabo gives you both. You can still golf, but you can plug out. Um, East Lake was extremely memorable to me for one reason. When Tiger won the tour championship, I'm on the first tee playing. And usually at some of these tournaments, I'm on the first tee playing, entertaining, having fun. And I saw a Tiger go through the tent getting the scorecard and I looked him in the eye and I said you were going to win this I said you were going to win this and looked him straight in the eye and that's one of my memorable most memorable um, memories on the golf course because I've just finished playing and then shaking Tiger's hand and telling him he was going to win it and then on Sunday come back and win the tour championship it was it was heaven for me now Mike I too have looked in Tiger's eyes and said, you're going to win. Did he respond to you? Because he didn't respond to me. You know what? He he shook his head. You know, the, the videos on Instagram, <laughs> okay. he, he acknowledged me, but he was more interested in getting to the first tee than looking into my eyes. <laughs> right. You know, def- <laughs> you know, I'd rather look in his eyes than Prince, because, I, I mean, with Prince, I might fall in love. I mean, let me tell you, man, listen. I, I was in a big dilemma, man. I I, I look. Jamie Foxx already told you you can't look homie in the eyes. You can't look Chris in the eye. Here's my dilemma. Like he's real pretty, so I said I'm going to take a quick one second look just to just to see how pretty he is and not get dinged for like falling in love with him. <laughs> so I peeked, and all of a sudden I saw them all long eyelashes and that hair. And he looked back at me like this. <laughs> Yo, man, I fell in love for about three seconds. I ain't going to lie, man. I'm back now, obviously. Yeah, you back. You, but that, that, three, that two seconds, you was gone. Yeah, we, lost, we lost you over the edge. <laughs> he's, so pretty, he's so pretty, you had to look. Like, you know, you can act all mannish you want to, but I can take a peek for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Prince was the only I tell you what, my sister had that same dilemma uh, Mike I, I do want to get to something Purple Rain. I, I can't watch Purple Rain in its entirety <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I can't, I can't with Will, man. Purple, but Purple Rain was a good movie, though. Yeah, it, was, so it was a great movie. But, but Mike, I want to get into something a little, a little, um, a little more interesting, just from from my vantage point. Will and I got a chance to see you last week there at the Ryder Cup. You know, we were celebrating the diversity in the game, and I know you had been hopping city to city. We saw you for like, I mean, hell, you were there for like thirty minutes. Um, I want your take on your thoughts on the efforts by the PGA of America uh, at the Ryder Cup to grow the game with the MKE fellows. Okay, so um, I'm glad you asked that question because, okay, let's take it to society first. You know, um, we've had a lot of things that got realized late. You know, it's, and I still think it's unfortunate that it took um, George Floyd's death for people to um, turn it into a call to action. So that's unfortunate, but since we're here, we have to take advantage of that and um, the teachable moments that can happen in context with that. So when you look at everybody who put up the black squares and everybody who said they're going to support and change, I'd just like to say to you as clear as I can, you are on the clock and mm. the audit equity will um, you know, when the equity audit will show exactly if you said and we're going to do exactly what you said, or was it just a moment to pass by to appease um, everybody that was struggling in the midst of lack of diversity? So when when that um, equity audit comes down the line, we're going to see if that black box you put in your your Instagram account two years ago going to equate into some action, some CEOs, more women in your your business. So we're going to see. So it is still, and even with the PGA, everybody's on the clock. Um, what I do love about PGA Works, man, like you take, it's the PGA Works, it's like a, a actionable item that came to fruition that you can see the benefit and the work happening. So shout out to Seth, shout out to everybody, because at the end of the day, we can talk all day, but um, PGA Works have put themselves in a position to be that actionable item that can produce a, a, a worth of change. So um, I enjoyed the event. You guys have really laid it down, and it's a start of seeing what can happen if we all understand that there is a promised land that we have to get to and we can't do it by talking and not really jumping over jumping over the narrative of the things that that hinder diversity in the first place mm. man sh- shout out shout out to uh Rachel maybe Melendez or Rachel Melendez maybe and um PGD Global for that awesome event but when, you, when we're talking about they're on the clock, I always say to Doug that you know, mm-hmm. are we on borrowed time? How much? How much time, Mike? In your opinion, that you think we have before we can uh, implement a systemic change? Man, that is that is an important question. The time depends on the how determined people are, because you know if you're working and if you're really doing what you say you're going to do then that time really shouldn't matter because, I mean, at the end of the day, the work will always rear its head into 
to something that people can benefit from. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to play around with time and just dance around the narrative and, you know, be cool and, you know, whenever, you know, you see diversity, you want to bring out the cameras and take the pictures and show a narrative, um, there is different types of equity. There's perceptive equity and there's actual equity. And I just hope that the people who are uh, making the decisions understand that um, diversity has been in a holding pattern. If we use the example like an airplane, we've been in a holding pattern waiting for the runway to clear. Trying to go. The runway is clogged up with a old ideology. And until those planes leave, we can't land the new ideas of what's going to make this game comfortably inclusive for every person that looks like me, every woman, every um, every person that the so-called good old boys network has blocked out. Now, you build, you build, like I said before, you build a door that's only three feet tall, and then you complain that I'm complaining that I'm six foot and I can't get through that door. That door wasn't meant for me. So when I got to crawl on my knees and go through the door and go through so many things that that door wasn't made for me. So now here's the struggle. People are struggling with the door. Let's let's you know what? Let's just blow up the door and let's make a new one. Uh, until people stop struggling with that old door, us busting off the hinges off of it, right. knocking it down and building a new door that's more inclusive. If people are like that in the golf industry and in the overall business, then that's what's going to take time to to kind of like deal with. But for now, I just have to say that um, PGA works. Um, the action, the actionable item that was before them and them taking the initiative to do what they're doing right now is a beautiful first step that I got a chance to witness. See, Mike, that's where I think um, I'm still I'm still waiting, right? I know you like the first step by the PGA of America and reach and that kind of stuff. What I'm what I struggle with in this effort is it's very very easy to bring some kids from a disenfranchised area to a golf course. It's very easy to to put up the lights and ha make it interesting and bring in some black faces and brown faces and, and 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 entertain these kids and show them golf. Hurrah! Yay! But it's a hell of a lot different, Mike, when you leave, right? Mm -hmm. So PGA of America, we we had the Ryder Cup. Filled the room with black and brown faces, boys and girls, and then we left. So the question is, I have, Mike, is what can golf do when they leave and they just introduce all these kids to this grand thing of golf? There's, I haven't seen that that next step. Maybe you've seen it from your vantage. I haven't. That 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 next step has to happen when we are, when the room is gone. There have to be people that look like us that stay in the room see so when when we're all gone and the photo ops are gone are we represented to the point where when the room is empty we're still there that's the bigger mm -hmm. question are we still there when the dog and pony show is over and if we're not mm -hmm. then we're taking the narrative from men 
who are not culturally invested in my best interest to make decisions that might not be in my best interest. So like, you know, when, when you guys leave the room and when we all pack up and the cameras are gone, we need more people that are behind in the room with the people that are going to make the change because, okay, do you want golf to continually invest in a optical illusion of diversity? Uh, let's keep it 100. Do we want to continue to see golf invest in a optical illusion of diversity? I don't want to Because you that. know what? Icing on the cake is real good. But too much icing make your stomach sick. Y'all better start baking a cake. <laughs> That's why I love you, Mike. I'll, let me say, I, mean, I, I just got to keep it 100. Keep going. No, that's, that, that I just, I just feel like that was, you know, when Will and I talked, when we concluded that event and, you know, what's next? Yeah. It's great that we go and do these things. Mike Phillips comes in, plays the horn. We got shoe walls and stuff and look, no knock on the people that put it on. I'm not saying that this wasn't a fantastic event and a fantastic no, effort. It, I'm just saying, what are we going to do next to make sure that I, those kids that came in can stay in and stay around. Talking to Seth, you can feel, you know, there's a difference between common sense and discernment. Discernment is the big spiritual brother of common sense. And I think moving in this industry and anything you do, you need both of them. I felt his spirit was truly authentic enough to say and to do exactly what he says. I can feel yeah. the talk. You can feel the smoke of some talk because you leave and the residue of the conversation don't really hit you in the gut. When he looked me in the eyes and he said that he was excited about doing the work, now he has to fight another fight once the room is cleared. And I'm pretty sure that he is ready for that fight because now the, the network of those people that want to keep the tradition of systemic um, conditions that don't allow diversity to happen in the golf. I'm sure they are, they have their arms and they're ready to fight too. But I'm, yeah. uh, I, I feel in my spirit that Seth is going to go in there and do what he says, even if it's a, even if it's a fight, you got to shake some stuff up because again, there's a holding yeah, yeah. pattern of a whole bunch of planes ready to land with these great ideas. Got them in the cargo belly of the plane, but we can't land until some of these old planes get off the runway. You know, you know, you know one thing, going back to discernment, you know, to me, discernment means it's nothing but the ability to identify difference. That's all discernment is to me. And, and when, when I saw Seth, the, the face, when I saw his face after all the, the, the stuff that was going on, I felt that was the first time it was, I guess, if you will, it was cultural competence in training where people had the idea to see our culture at its best. When you hit the mic, when you were saying the things you were saying on uh, during your panel discussion, and I, I saw a lot of, you know, PGA trustees and, you know, the blue coats, I, I saw them look around a room like, this is different because technically I've been to those um, uh, uh, events at PGA yeah. of America and PGA uh, major before. And it wasn't like that, Mike. 
It yeah, wasn't like that. So that we, right there, that that was culture IP that we just displayed there. Yeah, and then we, we these events in the past, we end up being the Mona Lisa on the wall that nobody pays attention to, but just it's pretty to be there because we add to the room, but we're not being paid attention to because guess what? The conversations are more important than who's there. And now we have to really take advantage of, of this moment. So I am dedicated, even though, you know, I didn't grow up in the golf industry. Um, Michael Jordan challenged me to play the game. I'm here now. So for me not to fight for everything that's right for the sake of the next generation, at the end of the day, legacy is not what you do for yourself. It is how you empower others to be better than what they already are because after I'm gone, the things that we leave for the sake of lives being better is way more important than us arguing. I'm gonna give I'm gonna show you this thing right quick. Hold on one second. It's this rock right here. I carry it in my case all the time. This rock right here, it's a fossil rock. It is thirty million years old. So why am I carrying a rock around that's 30 million years old? Because it shows me that even within whatever, how long I'm going to be here, 90 years, 85, it, it's still a grain of sand in five Sahara deserts put together. Hmm. 30 million years. Hmm. So guess what that means? We have to take advantage of this little time that we have and understand the significance of the non-significance. I mean, the, I mean, let's keep it real. 35 million years, and we're shifting small paradigms within our 60 to 95 years of life. So the little time that we have, it's little. We have to make the most impact. Again, this is 30 million years old. Time is time is of the essence to not talk, to create optical illusions of diversity, but really get at it right now. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. That's well said, Mike. And you know what? We've got to let you get on the day, but we got to send you out of here the only way that we know how. Call it Rap Foursome right here beyond the Fairway Podcast. Mike, you can go play golf. With four rappers, you know what? I know you are a musician and you cover the gamut. I'm not gonna open it up for you, Mike. You're playing golf with four rappers. You're playing a five ball. Y'all playing? Let's say Riviera this week, Mike. Who you pulling up to the course with? Um, I'm pulling up to the course with Rose, Rick Ross. For those that um, can't translate, okay, Ricky Ross. Sorry. Hey man, I'm just sorry saying this was a golf show. I'm just saying, like everybody don't know Rose. I was, you almost tricked me. I was like, Rose. Yeah, I, is that a new? I was like, is that I was a like, new that drink? Jay Z said another drink. All right, go ahead. I, so <laughs> it, it's definitely uh, Ricky Rose, um, Khaled, Nas, and Jay. 
Mm. I'm going to tell you why. Because if business is being done on the golf course with Jay, I'm going to get the conversation on the third hole about um, how he helped build Rock Nation. Mm. Then when I'm putting on hole number six, me and Nas is going to kick it about that cryptocurrency. And, you know, me and Ricky Rose on the ninth hole, we're going to be talking about wings and all of the stuff. That he, <laughs> you know, we're going to be talking about, you know, wings yeah, and all this. Yeah, drumsticks <laughs> and how they move in the thighs now. But you see, if, if those if, if it's about talking business, <laughs> why not get the smartest rappers and tycoons that are out here doing it? I don't disagree. Here we go. We right back at the golf course to talk about chicken. I thought, see, this is a different chicken. <laughs> I, I know, no, this I, is, I this is lemon know. pepper chicken, Will. This is that lemon pepper. And, and, and it's not even the taste of chicken. It's like we're owning, we're owning the wing stop now. Before we was eating chicken, now we're owning it. So it's a different type of conversation. It is. Man, it is. I love it. Mike. I can't thank you enough, man. I can't thank you for sitting down right here with Will and myself going beyond the fairway on a Sunday afternoon, man. Hey, we'll, we'll see you soon. Hopefully we see you in Cabo. You might need me and Will in some regard, so I'm going to just put that out there. You I know, do need, if you uh, need If you uh, need us, we're, we're there. Count on us. Nice plug, Doug. Nice. Yeah. Hey, nice hey, put that man. pressure on him. Put yeah. that pressure on I'm him. Putting that, I'm putting that. Hey, he got a rock in his pocket. This 30 mil. He know about that yeah. pressure. So right. I, had to, I had, to, had to get that, get that oh, wow. on there. Wow. <laughs> Yo, I get love it. And thank you guys for adding a well-needed um, boost to the golf game through this podcast. You, you don't know how many people really get touched by this. How they how the insight happens? I I was excited. I told some of my friends I was going to be on it. Yo yo, we checked that out, man. It's It's relatable again. It's relatable. You guys you guys connect. So never lose that connection because let me tell you, trends don't happen from the boardroom down. They happen from the bottom up. And if corporate doesn't understand that, then they're always going to be lost running to find the next thing. Trends happen from the ground up. They're not created in the boardroom, not at all. So this is something that's bubbling from the ground up that the game of golf can take heed and look at the trends through this podcast and help grow the game. Nothing happens from the top down. Mm. Well, Mike, I appreciate you being on the bottom with us, man. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. From the bottom, now we're here. Absolutely. I, I, I'm in a closet, but you know what? When I get to your level, you know, I hope to be packing stadiums and, and, and filling everything out. Mike Phillips, we appreciate you right here. Golf Channel NBC going beyond the fairway. He's out of here. We going to. Mike Phillips coming in here, shutting it down, going beyond the fairway with his will, man. I, I appreciate Mike. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how old Mike actually is because, you know, black don't crack, but I'm going to give Mike, you know, he ain't that old, but he did perform with Prince. And he did talk about having DVDs being played. So and, Mike and, might have some time on him, but I'm just, he's still he, cool with he, me. I'm just saying, Mike. He also mentioned Quincy Jones. So, like, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how old Mike is, actually. He's like Smokey Robinson. You just, you just don't know. You just, you know he's around. You ever looked into Smokey's eyes? He talked, because, you know, Mike did talk about how Prince made him fall in love for a quick second. That's how Bro. Smokey did me. 
Smoke Smokey, I, I played golf with Smokey one a couple of times, and he gets girls. He gets women. He gets women who are eighteen, fresh out of diapers. And he also get women who are ninety, about to go into diapers. Like he by get women, you mean he will approach them to court? No, court. No, the women love him. The women love okay, him. No, I'm just, all, I'm just all, trying all to keep. Ranges. I'm just trying to keep his PC on here. I know you're trying, you, you trying know. to crack. I know you're trying to crack it, but no. I'm just trying to keep it. Smokey Robinson, he, by getting women, will means he's just having conversations and chatting and. No, women are in love with him. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> hey, but my Mike got stories for days. Could you imagine Will lying to Prince and then him outing you by showing you the shit that you did? Sorry, Brian, there's the beep. By him showing you the stuff that he did on camera in front of everybody. I could. I mean, Come on. You, you, Mike should have known that Prince has something up his bell bottom sleeves. Like. <laughs> He should have known. But one thing that imagine Prince would imagine Prince with bell bottom sleeves on a golf course. If you think Prince would have had, you think he would have had heels and spikes? I was just thinking that. Like you took that right out of my brain. I was like, I don't know if you could have a spike on the back. I guess the heel is a spike, so he'd have to have like four in the front. Kind of yeah. like your dreads. I, you got four I, in the front. Oh, oh, <laughs> jokes from the from the bifocal wonder. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, nah, man, Mike Phillips, we appreciate you. But Mike did talk a little bit about the work being done by the PJ Works, Will and, and Seth Wah. And the more people I'm talking to, a lot of people rocking with Seth. Um I mean, yes. I rock with Seth. We rock with Seth. Seth's good people to us. But it's nice to see someone leading a golf organization that has the favor of black and brown folk. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, he, 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 uh, he, he's moving the needle. And I think from what Mike was explaining, that Seth is, is really and willing and ready to go through the belly of the beast of making a systemic change. And I think it's when you have somebody like Mike Phillips and who's everybody is connected to Mike that is ready to stand on guard and be behind Seth through this this transition that Seth is going to get a lot of pushback from. Mm-hmm. I think no it, it makes me feel a little comfortable for it makes me feel comfortable about where we are going in the game. Hey, I see seeing Seth take that P. Well, let me. I, I always say Seth wins some PGA stuff, but he led the charge. A lot of other people, including Kenny Sims and Rachel, there's a lot of other folks involved. When you leave a facility two years before a championship, you're going to get flack, period. But when you leave the then-sitting president's golf course while he's in office, when 70% of the nation voted for the guy, half the nation was split in the last election, if we recall, uh, not getting political, just saying that Seth is willing to do some as Will would put, messy stuff in the name of equity and inclusion. And Seth, I've, we've, Will, we've seen him do it. It's not like he's not doing what he's saying. Um, so I, I, I applaud Seth and, and Mike and a lot, of, a lot of us behind Seth. So, But without further ado, Will, it is that time of the week that most people listen to the show for, and I'm going to let him down, but mine's whack. But hey! <laughs> it's a shake the week! 
highest shank of the week goes to Seth Randall, Bill Thomas, and Shady Mac. You may ask, who the hell are they? Let me tell you, I'm glad you asked. It was on the way. They are representatives of Too Lit Entertainment. They are self-proclaimed YouTube entertainers, and they claim that they were attacked by golfers at a golf course because they're social media pranksters because they were disrupting play with the blast from an air horn, right? And their whole goal was to pretty much, they admit they did it on purpose. Their whole goal was to uh, to get a reaction out of golfers when they come through on the tee box and hit balls because their whole goal was to increase eyeballs for their YouTube channel. Well, they came across the wrong set of golfers. They came across a group that didn't really take no mess, and they went into the woods where they were hiding to have a little tussle with these guys. And one of the one of the one of the group one of the guys from the group says, "I quote: You mess with the wrong person. I kill people for a living." Well, thank God he was off that day because he didn't kill anybody from Too Lit Entertainment. <laughs> but however, however, these guys got their beat. They got their ass beat. On the golf course down there in Gulf well, they're Shore, Alabama. Don't let that one fly. They gonna be that. Well, they got their ass no. beat in Gulf Shore, Alabama. But I think what really uh, encouraged the state to go over to Shank of the Week was one of the guys. I think it was Bill Thomas, who's with Two Lit Entertainment, which is a great name, Too by lit. the way. Two Lit really Entertainment. It, I like lit. it. I like it. But they don't look like they match their name. However, one of the guys from Two Lit Entertainment says, "I'm going to say this. We were on the right side of it all, which led to." A few men being very aggressive, talking about the guys in the group. So my shank of the week goes to those guys from Too Lit Entertainment for blowing a air horn in the middle of a backswing. You just can't do that on a golf course. And I love to see those guys that do that. I love to see those guys do that at Chester, Washington. Take that mm. same air horn to Roger Park Mm-mm, and don't do Joseph, that. Barth- Joseph Bartholomew in New Orleans, and see don't if. Do that. Uh, and see if they kind of get a, a a similar reaction. Maybe a little. I wouldn't more do that. I damn sure Not wouldn't take it to those golf courses. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Shane of the week. Wouldn't do that to the pranksters over at Too Lit Entertainment. Too lit. All right. Well, I'm gonna keep mine tight. Well, I'm gonna give this one to the PGA Tour slash Jay Monahan. It's new news to me, so don't judge me, y'all. I know you might have already heard the news, but I'm giving Shane of the week PGA Tour. Why I will? I'm tell you why. I just found out. That that PIP they've been talking about, this 40 mil that's going to all these different players, guess what? They're not going to let the people know who actually won. They're not going to let the people oh. know who earned the bread. They're not going to share the information. It's like, you know what? We're just going to give the money away to the people that did whatever they did, and that's what's going to be. And here's my thing, Will. It's like, why the hell would you make this grand announcement with this, with this you know, PIP, we're going to award the players. And all that. Why don't you just keep that in an internal memo, Jay? Why would you tell the Golf Channel and the freaking sports centers and all the media world what you're trying to accomplish with this PIP? We want to raise the sights of our players and engagement on their social media platforms and all this BS. Damn it, Jay. And then you redact that statement. Not even redaction. You just kind of flipped it. Hey, uh, that 40 mil we're going to give away public that pays... For the money that's going to all these players, we're not going to tell you who earned it. So so probably what, Brooks, Bryson, I can't even think of anybody else making what, Max Homa? Okay, maybe Max. I like Max. 
So I guess that's going to be the split. I don't know, but JPJ Tour, I'm a little upset about it. I want some answers, damn it. Shank of the week, PJ Tour. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a good shank. It's disrespectful. It is disrespectful. It's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. That's why announce it. Why would you announce something, Will, and then not share the results? Hey, we're gonna do this thing over here, but I ain't gonna tell y'all who we're gonna do it with. But we're gonna do it though. That's like that's like that's like um the hell. That's like that's like you know everybody putting in work for the Nobel Peace Prize, and you don't announce who won the prize. Okay, that's fair. Is that a good, I like, is that a good analogy? Isn't it, it's a decent analogy. I knew where not. you were trying to go. It's like yeah. As I, I got, just, as I got, as I got halfway through it, I was like, "This is not going to work." No, I know, but you remember, you, you're, you're one, of, one of your goals in golf is to make half funny jokes, and then see if they land. Like that's exactly. one of your I, I, missions. I overshot, overshot the, the runway on that one. Well, I, well, yes, you did overshoot the runway. Just like you know, your wife, you outkicked your coverage there too, as well. Something that you you make a habit of. Will, I'm not mad at you for it, but <laughs> that's all I got this week, man. We done done the shank. Will's already froze with a. Kool-Aid smile on his face. I hope he stays frozen while I do my rap. Oh, no, he's back. Sorry. <laughs> hey, y'all, beyond the Fairway Podcast. Appreciate y'all rocking with us as always. Will and me, man, dynamic duo. You, you're not going to get this nowhere else, but right here on Golf Channel. But follow, listen, subscribe. Y'all know what to do. Beyond the Fairway, who's coming in here next week? Hell, I don't know as of today. But we're going to figure that out and have it out next week, man. Holla, y'all. <laughs> I got to make some phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> who gonna who gonna say no to me today? <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.